moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorinda Wilson Podcast. I'm Dorinda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, and The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. You can find both of those books at DorendaWilson.com on Amazon, and you can find The Four-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to Amazon and my website. I am really thankful that you're here today. You know, I had a recent um, experience that I wanted to share with all of you. And before I share that and talk about the topic today, which is the fact that we cannot serve two masters, I first want to share with you a little bit about the unhurried, uh, well, it, would, it is the simply unhurried, <laughs> simply unhurried community. So listen in um, as I share with you a little bit about that. If you're like me, you've struggled to find community. Finding a community that is truly grounded in the Word of God and provides that balance of mentorship and friendship can feel impossible. I want to offer you a place where you can find your tribe of like-minded moms, moms that are seriously wanting to grow in their faith, parenting, and homeschooling. Whether you're a mom looking for mentorship and guidance or you're wanting to offer some wisdom from your own years of parenting and homeschooling, my family and I have worked hard to curate the perfect place to foster the kind of community and discipleship that the Lord calls us to. This community is where my primary attention will go so I can really serve you well. That means that this will be the best place to interact with me and see videos and content that you won't be able to get anywhere else. But what I'm most excited about is getting to see the connections that moms from all over the country and maybe even the world will be making, connections that teach them new skills in life and homeschooling, challenge them to pursue growth, and support them in the hardships and celebrations. If this sounds like what you've been looking for, check out the link in the description to join the Simply Unhurried community created for moms just like you. Okay, so the experience that I want to share with you is, um, it goes back to a few, let's see, a few podcasts ago, I talked about soul weariness. And as I shared in that podcast, I referenced a book that I had read that I had just gotten a lot out of. It, It resonated with so many parts of my soul. And part of it was because I was in a place where I was having to rest a lot. I was in the middle of being sick and that came on the tail end of several months of hormonal issues that also caused fatigue. And so um, it felt like a cup of cold water in the middle of a desert. And yet, as I listened to this audiobook, I had some concerns. I had some red flags. 
Um, and yet God was clearly speaking to me through the message of slowing down, through the message of rest, through the message of making um, the Sabbath a more intentional practice. Some really great things in there. And I mentioned in that podcast that, you know, when we read books, we have to chew up the meat and spit out the bones. But actually, more importantly, we need to hold it up to the full counsel of scripture. And so I was actually still in the process of doing that and praying through um, whether there were some things in there that there there were some clearly some things in there I didn't agree with. And then there were others I was kind of like, doesn't sound quite right. You know what I mean? I was praying through it. Like something is still not quite setting right with me. Um, Lord, give me wisdom. And and that's my point is that I prayed. I said, Lord, give me wisdom. Would you please help me to be able to discern? Because I never want to share with all of you something that is not fully um, aligned with scripture. So I really just shared the parts that resonated with what I felt like God was already telling me. And that, you know, it was a pretty harmless, the pieces that were like a harmless message of it's always good to slow down and to press into the Lord and to really seek his face. Um, but I was still praying about some pieces of it and just kind of like a uh, more of an, just a more clarity on discerning this book. Because we know that there are so many false teachers out there. Um, I don't know if any of you have heard the term deconstruction. This is something that's happening throughout the church, and it is a very, very dangerous um, dangerous thing that's going on. Um, and I don't ever want to lead anybody down that road. And this particular author is a bit in that camp and um, is what I've come to find out. So I guess I'm here as sort of an accountability to say to you that I am clearly not perfect. I don't always know exactly, I don't always have the discernment right off the bat, and I maybe should have waited a little while before I shared some of those things, but I tried to just share the things that resonated with me, Um, but I'm coming back to you again to sort of right the ship a little bit. I don't think that anything I said in that podcast was misaligned with scripture, did not align with scripture. Um, I think there was some really good stuff there. But again, I I want to always be willing to be held accountable that I am speaking the truth to you, that I am not steering you a direction that um, you should not go. And so um, I got a, a, a an email from a mom And it was just truly an answer to prayer because she was just so sweet and so kind. But she said, I have a concern about the author that you mentioned and just being careful not to point people to him as a um, fully biblical author or pastor. So I'm going to share with you just she shared with me a lot and it was all very good and it made total sense. I'm not going to read it all to you, but I want to read the part to you that I, I want to sort of like convey to you to sort of right the ship. I want you to know that if you have a concern about something I've said or someone I have referenced, please let me know. I am open to that um, to that because you know as believers, we are iron sharpening iron, but we are also holding each other accountable. And as someone who is speaking to a large platform, I never ever 
ever want to veer away from the full counsel of God. And so this is what this mom said, had to say about this particular pastor. While his work on hurry seems mild enough, I do believe as a teacher, he emphasizes quote unquote apprenticeship over actually knowing and trusting the full counsel of scripture. And it can be a confusing thing to unpack with others. She's absolutely right. I'm going to stop there for just a minute. And I I kind of started to go down that road in that podcast. Um, but before I went any further, I was praying through it. And I'm just so thankful for her email. Um, she goes on to say, Jesus himself walked with his disciples on the road after his resurrection, showing them how the full scripture points to him. She said, my experience with this author is an elevation of the gospels and the apprenticeship as Jesus, as the parts of the Bible that truly matter. The, he, he would uh, describe it as the canon in the canon. Okay, so that's where we're seeing it veer out of the full council of scripture. We don't just pick a chunk and say, this is the most important and elevate it and that's the end of the story. No, we want the full council of scripture. And then she goes on to say, um, and then he has more of a disregard for the rest of scripture. And this gives me cause for concern as a believer. She's absolutely right on. So I wanted to um, make that right with you. I wanted to point that out to you. I wanted to point you um, towards the Lord, towards the full counsel of scripture, and not necessarily to an author Um I don't know if I probably wouldn't recommend that somebody read that book unless they are very well versed in scripture because I found myself automatically throwing things aside that I'm like no that doesn't that's not that does not align with scripture toss that out this over here yes this is resonating this is this is biblical but that is a difficult thing to do if we don't know the scriptures and this is why it is so important that we stay um we stay in the word we get good teaching um, and we continually do that and we continually get good teaching and we listen to pastors who give the full counsel of scripture. And if you are ever wondering if I can make some suggestions, just email me and I would be happy to give you uh, some of my favorites. All right, so moving on to not serving to masters. Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And Luke 16, 13 repeats the same thing. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money money. Romans 6, 16 to 18 says, don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death or obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. So in other words, what we have is we have... Um, 
we have these scriptures here telling us, essentially, that we can only serve one master. We can't serve sin and serve righteousness, right? Thankfully, because we're saved, we have now become slaves to righteousness. We are free to not sin. Obviously, we're going to struggle with sin because we live in a sinful, fallen world. But we can actually make progress in overcoming, resisting, and resisting sin. God says that no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And for every temptation, God will make a way out. And And the beauty of it is that as we walk with the Lord and we, and, you know, we do sin, we do things that are wrong, maybe not even intentionally, but it happens. Um, and, you know, our hearts just are prone to wander. We know that, right? We stand before God, holy and righteous because Jesus took care of all of our sin. And so he's freed us from that slavery to sin. And that's my point. He has freed us from slavery to another master. And he's clearly saying in these passages that you can't do both. You can't have your cake and eat it too because that's not how it works. Um, so let me... So we are free to love and serve God. This is what we were made for. It is where our hunger and our thirst are satisfied. Nothing will bring life to our souls as much as living in sweet fellowship with Him because it's what we were created for. Okay, when we are serving sin and we are serving other masters, um, it, it, we just feel all out of sorts because it's not what we were made for. We were made to love and serve God and to walk in sweet fellowship with Him. And this is why this warning from Jesus to to not even attempt to serve two masters is so so clear and so so exciting because we don't have to serve two masters. The world does not have a choice. They are slaves to sin. We are not, we are not slaves. We don't need to be slaves to any other master other than the Lord and his righteousness, okay? Our culture is all about instant gratification, the latest trends, and much of that thinking has permeated the church. And we have to be diligent to be in the word regularly so we can be sober-minded and self-controlled and not living like a friend of the world. I I bet you if I could see all of you and I said, do you know any believers who are living like a friend of the world? Every person would raise their hands, people who claim to be believers, but they're not set apart. They're not living a life that looks different than the world, okay? So James 4.4 says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Again, you hear that same sort of theme, you cannot serve two masters. So we can't serve trends and serve Jesus. We can't serve instant gratification, or in other words, serving ourselves and serve God. That can't continue ongoing because one will always yield to the other. We can't serve other people's opinions and serve God, okay? They don't mix together. It's like oil and water. One will always yield to the other. 
A while back, I did a podcast on stewarding our time and energy. And I referenced time and energy as a form of wealth. And I explained in that podcast that I, um, the reason that I was sharing it was because I realized that, you know, when we look at the scriptures, um, we often just look at, um, oh gosh, I don't know how to explain it. We'll look at wealth and only think of money. Okay, when God describes wealth, we're only thinking of money. But I heard a very solid pastor say a while back when he was referencing our phones, like, you know, the phones that we're on a lot, um, and just the internet and everything we have access to on our phones as a form of wealth. And when we look at it as a form of wealth, we can then go to the scriptures and find out how God would have us to steward those things. And so I just thought that was such a wise, wise, that was such wise counsel. And so if we we can look at our time and energy as a form of wealth, we all have different varying amounts of it in different seasons. And I talk about that in stewarding our time and energy. And again, we can think of the internet knowledge, which we have endless access to, information, um, even access to sermons and Bible studies as a form of wealth. All of this has to be stewarded well. And basically at the bottom of, at the end of the day, it needs to be yielded, all of it, to the Lord as they can easily become our masters. And so um, you're probably saying, how could a Bible study or a sermon possibly be a bad thing? Well, if God is calling us to do something else in that moment, for instance, um, an example would be, um, we want to listen to a sermon or we want to listen to a Bible study and our children are having all sort of they're they're having all sorts of upsets and there's need for discipline and we ignore that and stay in our bible study all of a sudden we have uh, we are serving you know I don't want to say it happens you know quick instantly right away but ultimately we could be serving um, the, those things rather than serving God because God has called us to motherhood. And when our children are having problems and, and there's a need for discipline, we're called to do that. That is a priority. And so um, we just need to be careful that we aren't serving even good things and making them our master rather than yielding it all to the Lord and having God as our master. So I've talked about this with our routines, um, our schedules, our, you know, whatever you want to call them. It, I know it was my temptation as a mom to serve the schedule or the routine, to make it my master. And, you know, every time that started to happen, things just went haywire. And so a lot of times I would stop and I would just say, okay, wait a minute. I am now driving the children. Um, I'm kind of out of fellowship with them, and it's my fault because I'm driving them and I'm not actually discipling them and disciplining them the way that God is calling me to because I'm so stuck on my agenda. I'm so stuck on on keeping this schedule and getting these things done. And it would have to be this step back and say, God, I want to serve you. I don't serve this schedule. The schedule is, is a tool and it's a you know it's something i can you want to use and you use it a lot in a really wonderful way it's a blessing but i don't serve it before i serve you so we don't want to let 
All these other things become our masters. I know it's very easy to get on the internet and just follow bunny trails, all kinds of information. And honestly, so much of it can be such a waste of time where we are not spending, stewarding our time and our energy well and intentionally and being led by the Lord in that. Um, And we often do it in pursuit of something good. We want wisdom. Um, we we want to do the right thing in a certain situation. But James 1, 5 through 8 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given you. Verse 6 says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man, that person should not think, expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. And you can hear just that same message that you can't serve two masters. I can't say, Lord, give me wisdom, and then I run to the internet. Not that that's a bad thing. God may lead us there, but we need to find out whether we're being driven there or whether we are being led by the Lord there. Often when I doubted, because I tend, I I knew my weaknesses, that I would tend to pursue those things on my own without the Lord's leading, I would often ask the Lord, would you please just bring me what you want me to know, and I'm going to wait on you. And, you know, it was so sweet because sometimes I would be looking at something else on the internet. You know, maybe I'm uh, shopping on Amazon or I'm, you know, whatever. I'm doing something else completely. And God brought that other thing, that answer to that prayer in the middle of that. So I knew it was Him and it wasn't me being driven and making, you know, my own wisdom and my own pursuit of wisdom my master. Um, but instead, I was I was yielding to the Lord and letting Him be my master, because when I I know for me and and I know this is true because God's word said it is true that if I ask for wisdom and then I hurry up and rush and I'm driven to go find out the answers, um, I'm unstable because I'm not really trusting the Lord. I'm not really trusting that God is going to give me that wisdom. Um, And this is a temptation for us in this day and age. And that's where that message of hurry, hurry, hurry um, just resonates so much and has for years with me um, that I need to slow down and be willing to wait. I need to be willing to not have instant gratification, but instead delayed gratification where I'm waiting on the Lord and trusting in Him. And every time I'm tempted to be driven to try to figure it out myself, I stop. And it's like gears grinding. But you know, the more you do it, um, the easier it gets. Not that it's always easy, but it does get easier. It's a discipline, that waiting on the Lord and that and trusting Him for the wisdom that we need and not trying to serve two masters. Now, I've shared with you uh, several times, if you've been listening for a while, my own story about, um, you know, hormones and I'm 54. And so I've transitioned into that that time of uh, menopause, um, but had been experiencing a lot of exhaustion. So this was something that, this is just something that's been a real trial for me. And I've shared this with you before, but I was just kind of starting to to feel a little bit better. And then I got the unnamed flu, which I had not had to this point. Took me down like 
I, I don't even know. I felt like I got hit by a train for two full weeks. And so that's when I listened to this audiobook on um, the ruthless elimination of hurry. And I do believe that God used the the main message of the book to help me rest, to help me um, trust the Lord in, in that time of rest. But really what it came down to was a discipline. It was a discipline of asking the Lord every single day, how can I steward this trial and this affliction well? Because I I was past pretending that I was okay with it. <laughs> I was like, Lord, really? Um, and you know, it was really interesting because one of the first things that came to mind was something that I'd been working on practicing with the hormone exhaustion, and it was this. I would say to the Lord in the morning, Lord, I bring my body to you as a living sacrifice. And, you know, that that scripture, let me see, I think I've got it here. Yes, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. What that told me was that I could worship God laying in my bed. I could glorify God. Now, if any of you know me, you know I love productivity. I love getting things done. I'm a very productive person. Um, So this whole idea of rest is, you know, and especially resting for that much for that long was truly a trial for me. And um, as I think it is for any mom (laughs) who has responsibilities, right? Um, But what the scripture is saying here is that as I offered my body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, that was my true and proper worship, Like I was worshiping God by bringing my body to him and saying, Lord, I offer it to you, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Lord, I yield it to you. And then it went on to say in in verse two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And that was my call to pray. Pray, 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 pray. Be in the word. I listened to the audio Bible. You know, it was just, it ended up being a very sweet time and a very defining time for me as I had been praying that God would really um, ignite my prayer life. And you know what? He answered my prayer, but this is how he did it, right? (laughs) And, you know, he knew that's what I needed. And so, I had to trust in his sovereignty over my life that this trial and this affliction was, as James said, you know, um, consider hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. God is training me um, for what son is not disciplined by his father. We know that we're true children of God basically because God disciplines us. And he was, that was a time of training for me as I laid there and prayed. And you know, my prayer life has been so full of life since then and such an anchor for me every morning since then. And being in the Word um, every day, listening to, you know, audio Bible um, and just being in the Word several chapters a day has just been, it's been what 
this this trial is what helped me reestablish that discipline in a very solid way. And so it started by just offering my my body as a as a sacrifice to the Lord and then asking, how can I steward this trial and this affliction well, Lord? Clearly this is what you have for me, because I can't weasel out of it. I would try if I could, but I couldn't. There was no way. What does it, and then I would ask, what does it look like to obey you in these circumstances? Help me to be fruitful during this time. And so he brought me back to Romans 12, 1 and 2, which I just shared, and Proverbs 3, 5 and 8. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Moms, it wasn't my business to know why God called me to that, but he did. And I'm just using that as an example. This isn't the only trial (laughs) that I have walked through where I had to come to this point. But trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit or yield to Him, and He will make your path straight. So whatever He is calling you to, whatever hardship He is calling you to right now, don't lean on your own understanding in it. Yield to him, submit to him, let him make your path straight. And then this, I love this next verse, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. This is the passage that I've been quoting for months and months and months because if any of you know anything about hormones, and I know you do, it gets kind of wild at times, especially when you're, you know, you've transitioned into or you are transitioning into menopause. Um, the level of anxiety um, that I would feel in my body was crazy. But what I also recognized was that I needed to yield my body to the Lord. I needed to yield all of it to the Lord. I did not need to serve my body, even though I needed to care for my body. It did not need to rule and reign over me. I needed to yield it to the Lord and ask him for wisdom as to how I could glorify him in those circumstances. And so that is where the difference lies. That is um, definitely along the, the lines of the full counsel of scripture, yielding our lives to the Lord. You know, God's word tells us how we are to live That is the bottom line, and it chafes against our human nature. It chafes against what the culture has told us and what we hear all the time. And this is why it's such an important discipline for us to be in the Word and to be in prayer on a daily basis because that culture is going to start informing us unless we are continually informing uh, informing our own hearts with the truth of God's Word. Um, one of the things that God says in his word is rejoice in the Lord always. No caveats here, no excuses, okay? Now, we can take that and get super legalistic with it, which is not what we're called to. This is something that God is calling us to rejoice in him always. So that means that when I find myself in a state of self-pity, when I find myself consumed by worry and anxiety, I need to go back to the Lord. The scripture says that be anxious for nothing. No caveats there either. But in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, 
Very powerful piece. Don't forget that part. Um, Let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God does not lie. But I have found that sometimes it takes a long time for me to sit in the Lord's presence. And then this is again where the slowing down comes in and the not being in a rush to get past that place of discomfort because it's uncomfortable. I know when my heart is hardened. And it's it happens frequently. Many times, first thing when I wake up in the morning, I immediately want to start thinking about this, that, and the other thing. And I don't, you know, could be hormonal. I don't know. Doesn't really matter. What I have to do is stop and say, God, and I've been praying this a lot, and he is so faithful. I said, God, take away my heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. Give me a heart that is um, moldable. Um, Lead me to what is good. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I have to humble myself. And again, we are a prideful people. I am a prideful person, and that takes work, but I am learning to stay, stay there with God and say, Lord, please, would you please do this for me? And then going on and telling telling him, because there's days I don't want to tell him all my anxieties. I don't want to go all those places. I just want to push them back and just go on with life. Let's go do something practical and I'll feel better. But you know what? God isn't calling me to that. I don't think he's calling you to that either. Not that, obviously, as a mom, you're busy and you you can't necessarily maybe take the time that I can in the mornings, but throughout the day, stopping. Am I in sweet fellowship with you, Lord? Is there any part of my heart that is wandering from you? We know that we're prone to wander. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Um, Take my heart, Lord. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. I love that hymn. But here's the thing. God's word tells us how we are to live. He says to rejoice in the Lord always. So when we find ourselves in that pit or spiraling, we need to stop and say, Lord, you told me to rejoice in you always. Will you help me do that? And here's what it requires, moms. It's very simple, but it's not easy. We have to obey first, not wait until we feel like it. I was listening to a mom answering a Q&A. She was a veteran mom, loved what she had to say. She was talking about having uh, your kids apologize. Uh, mom asked, well, you know, what if your kids don't, you know, they're not really, they don't really mean it. Um, you can tell they don't mean it or they're saying to me, well, I, I don't want to apologize because I don't actually mean it. What do we say to that? Here's what this very wise mom had to say. She said, we are not here to serve your emotions. That's, that's, that is her thinking towards the child, whether she actually says that or not, I don't know. But we are not here to serve our children's emotions. We do not want our children to serve their emotions. We want them to serve the Lord. And so we tell them, it doesn't matter whether you feel like it or not. God calls you to make things right and to apologize. So you need to do it. And I loved that. The same applies to us moms. We obey first, whether we feel like it or not. We can't expect our kids to do it. If we're not doing it, that's not an excuse, by the way, (laughs) because none of us is going to do that perfectly. Um, But what I'm saying is we need to work on it too. But we also need to work on it with our children, teaching them 
to obey even if they don't feel like it. You know, we live in a culture that serves emotions, everything, all the marketing, all the debates, quote unquote, they're not even, I would hesitate to qualify them as debates because they don't use good logic. They use emotions. It's memes everywhere that just invoke emotion. Statements, quotes all over the place that just invoke emotion. They're not based on principle. They're not anchored in the truth. They're just there to mess with our emotions, to invoke a certain emotion. It's manipulation is what it is. We don't want to teach our kids that. We don't want to live like that. So moms, we do not want to serve our own emotions, and we don't want to serve our children's emotions or teach them to serve either of those. We don't want our kids to serve their own emotions. We don't want them to serve our emotions. I had a mom, um, I heard once that uh, a mom say, veteran mom, she basically said, don't ever say to your children, you hurt my feelings. And the reason she said that is because at that point, you are teaching them to serve your emotions rather than to serve Christ. Wow, talk about convicting. Um, so I just encourage you to just, this is just, these thoughts that I'm sharing with you today, I have just been pondering and processing and praying through, and they're actually life-changing uh, because you it keeps you from getting caught up in a web of you know emotional reactions versus principled responses. And that may be a topic that I discuss in, a, in an upcoming podcast, but let's go ahead and move on here. We must make our decisions and live our lives based on God's principles, not on our emotions, because we aren't here to serve our emotions. We are here to serve God. So essentially, we can't serve or allow something to be our master, whatever that is, fill in the blank, and and still be serving God and allowing him to be master at the same time. One will eventually yield to the other. So in other words, um, I can't serve my emotions for any length of time and still be serving God. I can't serve my children's emotions and for any length of time and still be serving God. I can't serve trends and still be serving God. I can't serve phones (laughs) and the internet and information and knowledge and still be serving God, okay? It doesn't mean God isn't going to use these things in our lives. It doesn't mean he doesn't, they aren't tools or resources But again, all of it is yielded to the Lord and we respond based on principle. We can't, I can't be serving other people's opinions. And I guess that's the key there when I say serving. This is like, here I am, here's my whole heart, here you go, okay? And, or even part of my heart. I have got to serve one or the other. I can't serve other people's opinions and serve the Lord. I can't serve fear and still have God as my master. I can't serve my own agenda and hurry because I can't, I can't do that and serve God. So it's, it's serving anything else. You can fill in the blank. You know your own self. You know your temptations. So we cannot serve, fill in the blank, and still serve God. Again, it's like oil and water. They just don't mix. Now, let me just reiterate that this isn't about perfection or works-based righteousness. It's about obedience. 
It's about enjoying sweet fellowship with God because you guys, this is what we were made for, but it requires a certain amount of discipline. God has done his part to make things right so that we have, um, so that we have the blood of Jesus covering our sins. We're robed in his righteousness so we can come into the throne room boldly to find grace and mercy to help us in our time of need. And can I just stop here for a second? That does not mean that we don't confess our sins. Um, It's just that we know that our sins that we're confessing are already covered. We confess our sins because when we do that, we are confessing our victory over that sin because through Christ. And when we confess our sins, we are confessing that Jesus Christ is truly Lord of heaven and earth. Um, But again, we do have to exercise discipline, uh, continually yielding to God's word and doing so with the strength that he provides. And so I am hoping that today you will say with me, Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you for your reminders, um, for the ways that you uh, use other people in our lives, um, like the mom who emailed me, to help me stay the course. We all need that. We need that accountability, Lord, but thank you for bringing that to me at just the right time. I thank you for every mom here. I pray that um, all of us would yield every area of our lives to you, God, and that you would show us throughout the day when we are beginning to serve something else besides you. Lord, it is a joy to serve you. It is what we were made for. It is where our our hunger is satisfied and our thirst is quenched because it's what we were made for. So thank you for doing your part in making it so that we could walk in sweet fellowship with you. Help us to do our part, Lord. We thank you that that is a beautiful symbiotic relationship, God, but it takes discipline on our part. It takes a willingness to humble ourselves. God, may we be found faithful to do just that. In Jesus' name, amen. 